7. Ezekiel chapter down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sin you upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breathe and breathe upon uh, the slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was, com- I was commanded me. And the breath came unto them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, and exceeding great army. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I confess to you that I've sinned against you. And Lord, I pray that you will take those sins as you've promised that you would and remove them as far as the east is is from the west. And I pray that you would use me this morning, that I would be your spokesman. That Lord, you would uh, put in my thoughts and in my mind and in my words what you would have me to say and take anything that's not to bring honor and glory from you that I might would say that you would take that from my mind. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Satan be barred from this place. I pray that you would move on me. And Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross, keep me safe behind the cross in your word this morning. And Lord, I pray in this house of worship that you will be glorified. But Lord, I pray in this body, in my soul, in my heart, that place of worship, that by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon me, that I would worship you this morning the way that you deserve to be worshipped. So you do as you see fit. You move as you would want. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Now you could take this passage of Scripture and you could use this passage of Scripture as a salvation sermon. You can look at this passage of Scripture and see that God looked down upon mankind and He saw something that was terribly wrong. He saw that sin had occupied man. And He knew through the flesh of man that man was incapable of having fellowship with Him. And seeing that, you could preach out of this text that He sent Jesus Christ down to come and to die for that sin debt, that judgment that you and I owe. And Jesus Christ redeemed us through that. And today we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. But that's not what I'm going to preach. 
You take this same text and you can say, well, we're looking at the nation of Israel here. We're looking at the nation of Israel, and Israel had uh, been so blessed of God that, uh, that God had bestowed so many blessings upon them, and then they, God removed Himself after they went away. And we can look at our blessed America today and say, you know what? God has blessed America. Amen? What a blessing God has given to the United States of America. And we could take this same text and we could see how America has looked over the great blessings of an almighty God and have we strayed from what God has told us to do and we've become dead spiritually before Him. But that's not what I'm going to preach. This morning I am going to, we're going to look at and we're going to see that the nation of Israel is the church of this time. And God was using the nation of Israel as He uses the church today to go out and tell this world of Jehovah. He was telling the nation of Israel, said, I am your God, you worship me, and we can look at that today and that's what the church is, right? That what we're to do? So we're going to take this passage of Scripture and we're going to use the nation of Israel as being the church of that time and I'm going to preach on the church this morning out of this passage of Scripture. You see, Israel stopped obeying God. Just said, you know what? We've got some new plans here. We have some new ideas and we're just going to go that way. They started doing things the way that they wanted to to do and they walked away from the Lord. Many churches are just that way also. I'm not saying today that Calvary Baptist Church is this way, but I'm saying today that this passage of Scripture shows us you better be aware. You better always be diligent. You better always be on the lookout that we don't start doing things in the church and doing them our way. That we don't say, you know what, we have some good ideas here and we're going to start moving this into place and we're going to change from this and start doing this and walk away from God. Be very careful. Because there are churches within our community today that have done this. They've just walked away. They thought they had the answer. They said, you know what, we can reach the world. We can reach this community. We can reach our state if we'll just change it and do this way and we'll compromise just a little bit to get it. And they left God in it. So, many churches today have gotten away from this, the book. They've gotten away from God and what they've actually done when they started compromising, when they started conforming, many churches that have done that today, what they've done, they have lost their power. They've lost their passion because they've lost the presence of God in that place. Just as we see here. I mean, they've got good plans. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with a committee. There's nothing wrong with those things. God expects us to be diligent in His service. But many churches say, you know what? We have fine-tuned all these plans. I mean, we have a great sound system. We have some wonderful media. We have excellent musicians and we have great singers. But what has happened? They are lacking the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And they've missed the whole thing. The whole thing. 
Many churches today, perhaps here, many people have gotten up this morning and said, well, I'm going to go to church this morning and not one time did they ever expect God to move anywhere whilst they worship because they never planned on worshiping when they got there. Never even thought about it. Just something I do every Sunday. Something that we just do. Well, that's sad, isn't it? So I want us to look into this passage of Scripture this morning and see what God does with dried up, dead churches. So this morning we're going to look at Dry Bones Baptist Church. Oh, that sounds ugly, doesn't it? Dry Bones Baptist Church. Now, God's Word does not ever conform to man's thinking. Just because a church looks busy does not mean it isn't dead. Just because the church has many in the nursery and the children's classes are full does not mean that church isn't dead. It's about what that church is doing with Jesus. So first of all, I see a servant of God, and this is what it will take for a church to ever be what God expects it to be. It takes a servant of God. It takes a servant of God. Look there uh, with me in verse 1, and it says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me. See, it takes a servant. For the life of me, I can't understand why God uses people. I guess just because we're the crowning uh, point of creation and God just chooses because He loves us. But you start boiling it down and ask yourself, why would Jehovah God, why would God use me? If you get real with yourself, you'd have to ask yourself that question. Well, I'm going to answer that for you because He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to see things happen through you. You know, I've noticed many years of hearing prayer requests, many years of being asked to pray for someone, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I want you to listen to what I'm going to say here. Have you noticed, have you noticed in your own life that we always want God to change others? You notice that? We always say, I need you to pray for oh so and so. I need you to pray for this family. I need you to pray for this. Have you noticed how often we are always wanting God to change others? Maybe at work. You say there's somebody that's just on my nerves all the time. They attack me. They persecute me. They hate me. Lord, change their heart. Nothing wrong with that prayer, but wait a second. I'm going to tell you something. The first part of that prayer should have been say, Lord, you know what's going on at work with this individual? I pray that you so change me in my heart that they can't persecute me and hurt my feelings. That I'm going to love them with a passion that Christ gave me. I'm going to show them Jesus in all of my actions. I'm going to love them in spite of themselves because you love me in spite of myself. Change me, dear Lord. And I'll be over able to take whatever they bring. Whoa, that's not what we pray, is it? Lord, do something with them. If you have to, kill them. 
get them out of my life, cause something bad to happen to them where they don't bother me anymore. Maybe we ought to start praying for ourselves and what we're to be. Hmm, that's a thought, isn't it? We see a servant will have that. Servant's minds aren't always what the master would have. A servant doesn't have thoughts of his own and just say what he's going to do every morning or wake up and think and plan out his entire day. No, a servant says, I'm going to do what the master says. So for us to be able to be what God would have us to be, we're going to have to start praying for ourselves more. Or me and you will not get it. No, Lord, change me. You see, it's real hard. It's real hard to see others' faults when you're working on correcting yours. The people that always find faults uh, faults in others, I would love for them to say, I want you just to be honest with me, Gary. I see all these faults out here. What do you think about me? That person that talks about everyone else says, oh, they've got this going on. Boy, I'm glad I'm not like that. This family's this. This one's this. I would love for you to say, just be honest with you. What do you think about me? Because never one time do they work on theirs. They're always looking and throwing rocks at others in it. You see, a servant will pray for their self. But also a Servant just takes God at His word. Why do we have such a hard time with that? We always want to say, I think God's telling me this. You know why you say you think? It's so you don't have to do it. Well, I think God's leading me here, but I just don't know yet. That way it'll make us feel all right when we don't do it. Well, I just couldn't get it quite figured out. church that is dead never just takes God at his word. I heard this week, not going to mention the name of the church, it's in Arkansas, a church had gathered up, they had a meeting, Southern Baptist, they had a meeting on how they could have VBS and no outside church members could come. They want to have a VBS that no one out in the community came to. How will we achieve to keep this thing top secret where nobody else will come and we'll just spend it with ourselves? Mm. Something's wrong in that, isn't it? Maybe Ezekiel was on to something about this church in South Arkansas. You see, you and I need to be focused on what we're supposed to be. We need to be focused and taking God just at His Word. And you see what happens when we get right with God. See, a servant is called and God will call us. Verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. The hand of the Lord was on me. That's a beautiful text if you think about that. The hand of the Lord was upon me. If you and I cannot receive a blessing by knowing that God wants to be in fellowship with me, that God wants to be in contact with me, that God wants to touch me, that God wants to lead me, that God wants to guide me, we've missed it on what God has in store for us. And you will never be that servant. But also I see there's a requirement here. The Lord called Ezekiel. But then he says that the servant's filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Look there, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord. You see, it's not about human power. It's not about what you are. It's about what God says you are. That's why that it's possible for Gary Carter to be able to stand behind a pulpit this morning because God said I was. It's not something I just dreamed up, said, you know what, I just think I'll preach. No, God called me, and then we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So one thing is, when God calls us, He gives us the power to carry out His work, right? Secondly, He's not going to say, okay, I gave Him all the power. I'm sure Gary will get it figured out himself, and he'll be able to take the right path, and he'll move the right way. No, he knows I'm not capable. So then He says, I tell you what, I'll give Him the power. Now I'm going to have to give Him some guidance through the moving of the Holy Spirit in His life. That when he sees something in front of him that I've laid there, that he won't sit around and say, I don't know if I'm to do it or not. No, he'll just grab a hold to the Holy Spirit and say, by the power that God has given me, I've been called to do it, and now I'm being guided in to do it. I have the authority to carry it out, and I will carry it out for my Lord. That's a servant. But you see, a servant's also going to be realistic. Look there in verse 2. And he calls me to pass by them round about and behold there were many in the open valley and lo they were very dry there is no doubt that you and I know that it's bad out in the world right read your newspaper you'll see it watch the news this afternoon you'll see it is bad out there but I'm going to tell you what a realistic servant does a realistic uh, servant that has been called, that's uh, uh, waiting on the power to be filled of the Holy Ghost and carry out that cause for Christ will be realistic. He'll say, I know it's bad out there, but I know it's bad in here too, Lord. You help me. Lord, I need to be changed here daily. I need to dive myself daily. I need some changing in here. Not only is it bad out there, I'm going to tell you, if God's looking down as He is this morning and looking into each and every heart of Calvary Baptist Church, I'm going to tell you, it's bad in here this morning. It's bad in here too. Let's tend to what's in here right now and then when we get out there and it's bad, we'll overcome it through Jesus Christ. It's bad in here also. Just because you dressed up and got here doesn't mean it's good on the inside. But also I see something that this servant, he's very teachable. Look there in verse 3, I love this. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And look at what he says. Look what he says. And I answer, O Lord God, thou knowest. What he said, Lord, I don't have a clue, but you do. I don't have to know if they're going to come up again because you do. I don't have to know what's going to go on in this situation because you know all things. I'm just going to serve you in it, however you say do it. I don't have to see what the result is. I don't have to know what's going to happen. You know, and I'm good enough with that. See, he was teachable. You see, if you know everything, God can't use you. When you know everything, God can't do anything with you because you already know it all. Y'all know anybody like that? You can't do anything with someone at work that knows everything. Except fire them. That's it. You can't do anything with them. They're not teachable. They know everything. 
Well, there's other ingredients to this so that we're not this dry bones Baptist church. We have to have those things. We have to have that servanthood heart. That has to be what Calvary has. But also, you can't have that without the Word of God. The Word of God. Look there in verse 4. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy. The word of God must be preached. Well, you know, I don't want to hurt no one's feelings. Lord forbid someone get upset this morning. After the song. Lord forbid that someone's self-esteem was a little down when they left. I surely don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, and I don't. But I'm going to tell you the preaching of the Word of God needs to be given by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon a man that's been called to preach the gospel and he is to preach that gospel just the way it was given to him and not worry about where it lands. Just let it hit where it may. God will tend to where it lands. That's what's needed in America today. The Word must be preached. There is no substitute for the preaching of God's Word. The word preach means to urge acceptance or abandon, abandonment of an ideal or course of action. The preaching of the Word must happen or your church will die. Die. Today, the preaching of the gospel is absent from many pulpits. And you don't have much of a preacher, but I will preach a word. I'll give you the death, burial, and resurrection. I'll proclaim today who Jesus Christ is. But today, so many will stand behind the pulpit and never hit that. And they're no more than a glorified country club. Just get you whatever and be happy. That's all they are. But also, the word of God must be proclaimed. Look there in verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. So what Ezekiel saying, I'm just going to tell you what God's already said. I'm just going to give you what God says. Therefore, I'm going to proclaim God's word. So here's the deal. Do you feel today that you're a servant? you feel that you're exactly where God wants you to be? Well, let me ask you this. Then are you carrying God's work out into this world? Well, I teach Sunday school. No, that's not what I'm asking you. Do you feel that you are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ as you experienced it when Jesus Christ redeemed you? Are you doing that on a daily basis? Then you're not what God would have you to be if you're not. There should be an excitement. Do you all believe that there should be an excitement in our heart to know that we're saved? Shouldn't there? Shouldn't we be happy today, Brother Sonny, to know that Jesus Christ has redeemed us from what we was and has given us an eternal home in glory, but outside that He wants to use me here to move in people's lives, to be obedient to Him so lives will be changed right before me? you believe He wants that? Well, He does. The Word of God is to be proclaimed to be carried out into this world by us. Calvary Baptist Church, it is the responsibility of each and every one of us to get in uh, our hearts right with God, to be excited about what God has done through us, through Jesus Christ, and to proclaim that out in this world. Today, many will die and split hell wide open, and we've never moved to do one thing about it. Ooh, looking a little dead, isn't it? We got a lot in our nursery, though. 
The Word of God is to be proclaimed. To be proclaimed. But also the Word of God is to be applied. Look here at verse 6. And I will lay sinew upon you, and I will bring uh, uh, up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. You see, it's God's going to equip us with everything that we knew uh, through His Word. We're going to get equipped through His Word. We remember we preached just a few weeks ago about Jesus Christ in the wilderness. Jesus Christ, God, when Satan would come to him, what did he do? Use the applied word. He applied it. I feel today that many failures that I faced last week, you know why I faced so many? I never applied what I knew of God's word, and I never applied it to my heart and used it in that situation, and Satan defeated me in it. It wasn't applied. It wasn't applied. You and I need to start praying and taking the Word of God and say, Lord, put it in my heart to where get me to a place that where you can use me. Get me to a place that where I can do something. Get me to a place that will please you. Get me to a place that I can be filled with the Holy Spirit and under your direction and be a blessing in wherever I'm at. No, what we want to do is, is if preacher, if you'd have just seen my childhood, you'd know why I'm moping around here. If you'd have seen where I was raised, if you'd have seen under this little old pine tree that we'd gather up every year and say it was a Christmas tree with popcorn on it, you'd understand why I'm just this way. Lord, if you just, uh, if you just knew what the doctor said when I go there all the time, if you just knew how I feel on the inside with I have to take all these medicines... If you just knew all those things, you'd know why I'm just down and out all the time. Well, I'm going to tell you something that you must have missed. Something that you must have missed in this. Because of Jesus Christ today, there are no victims. Because of Jesus Christ, if you have reached out and claimed that blood of redemption through Jesus Christ, you are not a victim, but you are a victor today. And it's time to stand up, grab a hold of the Word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, apply it to your life, and show this world that you've been redeemed instead of walking around here like you've lost it all. That's what's happened. That's what's going on today. But also, you must have the Spirit of God. Look there with me in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, oh, listen here. There was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. There was a shaking. You know what's needed today in our churches? 
What's needed in our churches is today is for us to open up, to re- uh, release ourselves from what we think and get away from our opinions. And what we need to do is just turn ourselves loose, turn to the Lord, and we need the Holy Spirit to get a hold of us and start shaking things out of us, start revealing things to us of what needs to change in our life, what's going wrong in my life, where I'm not obedient to Christ. Start shaking those things and make a great noise within our soul today because it's not about what I think, it's not about what my reasoning nor my opinion is we need the moving of the Holy Spirit upon God's people at Calvary Baptist Church and allow him to lead us and make us confess to the things that have been hidden maybe for years and the hard feelings that we've had about this person and that person we need a great convicting we need a shaking today within Calvary Baptist Church just let the Holy Spirit have what the Holy Spirit wants just let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does And then verse 7 it says, as I was commanded. You see, Ezekiel had a, I guess a strange idea here, that when God told him to do something, it was just a suggestion. No, that's not what he thought. Oh, when God told Ezekiel to go to this valley of the dry bones and to proclaim to them who he was, God was just making a recommendation to him. No, it's not what he done. When God comes down and has fellowship with mankind and the moving of the Holy Spirit and God tells you to do something, it's not about what you think. It's a command given to God and that's what you're to do in it. Just do it. Just do what you're told to do. It's a command. And Ezekiel carried it out. As I was commanded, that's what I done. You know, let's forget about building a church full of people. That's a problem a lot of people have today. Let's forget about building a congregation of people and just filling up the church. Let's not be concerned with that. Let's just get concerned about this. Let's get concerned with us getting filled with the Holy Ghost and getting life into the church that we have right now. Let's do that. Let's just take those that are here today, the 130, 140, 150. Why don't we just focus on what's here right now, start praying for one another. Each one of us start seeking God in our heart, confessing where we're wrong, and just get life in our church right here as it is now. And I promise you others will come to it. Or they'll prosecute us and try to kill us in it. Just let God move with what he's got right now. Oh, it's big. It's easy. Oh, I just wish the Lord fill this place up. Well, I'm going to tell you what's needed today. We need to get to a spot in our life. Say, Lord, I need to be filled up with the moving of the Holy Spirit that every thought, every word, every action in my life represents Jesus Christ and is glorified through it. Fill me up with your word. Fill me up with the moving of the Holy Spirit that I'd be exactly what you'd have me to be. And the rest of let the chips fall where they may. That's what's needed. Let's just work on what we got right now. Work on what we have right now. Well, you know, we don't have very many youth. It's always an excuse. If we just had more young people, then if we just had them, no telling what we could do. 
You know, we're a little shy on our older folks. If we just had some older folks here to give us some of that wisdom that they have, man, there ain't no telling what we could do in Monticello. There's no telling if we just had a great big choir, put new carpet down, painted the walls, put media in. Boy, if we just had that, we'll turn this place upside down. No, I'm going to tell you what to turn it upside down. You and I get our life right with Jesus Christ. Be the church that He expects us to be. And be apply the Word of God to our hearts and show Christ in everything that we do. That's how you turn a place around. And it's always enough. It always is enough. But also a church has to have the power of God. Look there in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. What that's actually saying, not a bone was out of place. If it belonged to old Joe, Joe got all his bones. It didn't matter where they were scattered to. They all come back to where they were supposed to go. You see, God's starting to put it all together for you. He's getting it organized. Have you ever felt that your life is in chaos? Have you ever been in a place that you're just like, my goodness, I don't even know what direction we need to go. You ever been there? You know what you do? Stop. Right there. When you say, I don't have an idea of what direction I'm to go in, what you do is, is you get down and say, Lord, forgive me for not being in contact with you. Because apparently I've stepped out of line somewhere and I'm looking at a great confusion and you're not the God of confusion. I need something to take place in my life that I'm not capable of doing. I need a direction and only you'll give it and I'm going to stay here till you do. And then you just let him start molding this all back together for you. Bone to bone. And see, he'll never get it all messed up like we do. Just let him start putting it all back together. So this morning, if your life looks like a chaos or you don't have any direction in life, i tell you what you do. Just get with God and He'll get it straight for you. That's what happened. Look there with me in verse 8. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breathe and breathe upon them, uh, these slain, that they may live. The word breathe there is the word roha, which is the same word that would be used uh, in the beginning. He breathed. Roha. Hebrew word for God giving life. See, God put that life all back together. All that chaos, all that misdirection, all that confusion. He put that all back together. He breathes into mankind life. A sense of purpose. A direction. It's God. But look what happened. And I'm going to be honest with you as I prayed over this passage of Scripture, as I dwelt over this passage of Scripture this week, as I thought upon it. I don't see me being this, verse 10. I don't see us as Calvary Baptist Church being this. 
Look there with me. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came unto them. And they lived. And stood up on their feet. An exceeding great army. Do you see us today as a exceeding great army for the Lord? Do you see yourself as a soldier prepared for war? Equipped to go into battle? Shame on us. Well, preacher, how am I going to get that? Well, it's going to take me to get it. I don't have an idea how to start that. I don't know. So let me tell you what happens at this church. You see what they weren't. We see through here, they're dead. I mean, the livest thing there is the graveyard. I mean, they have a big issue here. They have no direction. They don't know what's going on, but you see God gets involved with it. And He starts putting this back together, and it comes through the uh, Ezekiel preaching the Word of God, and that Word of God being given to them, and that Word of God being applied, and God starts bringing life back in here. So let me tell you what happened here. See, Satan had put a demon over this church, uh, church. Dry Bones Baptist Church, and what happened was, man, he just got sleepy. Man, they weren't doing nothing. He didn't ever have to fight nothing. He didn't have to cause any problems in the church. He wasn't doing nothing. They never one time worried about a first lost person. They never one time worried about reaching anybody out. They never worried about anybody being hungry. Who cares? I feel good. Well, this little demon that's in charge of stirring up problems in the church couldn't do nothing. Didn't need to. They're dead. Then all of a sudden, you see this great noise starts happening. And you see God starts moving. About that time you see here that God's starting to breathe life into something. About that time you have this little demon. Boy, he took off. He said, I better get to hell and tell Satan about this. This thing could get out of hand. I ain't seen no moving like this. They've been dead for 35 years and hit a lick. And all of a sudden they're getting reared up here. God's getting involved in something. So he goes back and he tells Satan, something just took place down there at Dry Bones Baptist Church. I don't know what it was, but it's fixing to be real big and we better get a handle on it or it's going to get out of control on us. And by the time that Satan gathers up all of his demons and as they come to attack that, the army of God has already assembled and King Jesus, General Jesus, is leading the charge and that church strikes out and quits sitting on their hands as they have for the last 35 years and not done nothing to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They have finally got their heart right and they let Jesus guide them and they push Satan back into hell and they start being used to change lives in their community. They start changing, going across the road and ask their neighbor if they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior when they've known Him all their life. They start moving in things. They see people who are hurting because their families are tore up. And they intervene in that and allow God to move in that. And see, lives change. That's what that army's about. Where are we at this morning? Boy, it's quiet, isn't it? Are we that army? God help us. But it starts one soldier at a time. You can't have an army without a soldier. 
And I believe today that God's called out the draft. The draft card's been given to the redeemed. And it's time for us to show up. And we may have to go back through boot camp to remember what we're supposed to do, but it's the Holy Spirit that'll guide us through that boot camp and get us prepared to be this army that God commands us to be. So soldiers, what's in your heart? What needs to happen in your heart today? Dear Heavenly Father, we come